The professionally offended are at it again over Kleenex. <laughs> I kid you not. Oh, my gosh. The professionally offended are upset over Kleenex. No, I kid you not. And Cruz and Beto. The race says a lot about politics. We'll share that with you. And tax cuts. The biggest threat, according to Spanberger in the left. That is next. Virginia Citizens and American Patriots. Radio is the Founding Fathers intended. My name is Scott Lee. Richard Lee is uh, is not with me. It is just me, I, Scott Lee, behind the uh, two-headed talk show microphone. Across from me is an empty seat. Richard is, um, it's a common theme, I think, this year. Richard is in the hospital uh, recovering from um, pancreatic uh, cancer surgery had over a year ago, and it's been um, it's been burdensome for the Lee household for quite a while. So I'm by myself again, coveting your prayers and concerns for Richard, as he is uh, literally in in, uh, in the hospital as we speak, going through some procedures, um, including some uh, GI issues. We won't go into detail, but the only thing I will tell you is uh, it's it's lonely being in the studio without him. Miss him greatly, and I I know that you do too. So. Uh, your prayers are coveted for Richard Lee as he is uh, in the hospital. Of course, this is uh, we were, we weren't here last week, so glad to be back behind the microphones. We're up and running at four five four thirteen sixty six. That's our phone number four five four thirteen sixty six. Coming up at four, got Ryan McAdams. He's coming on uh, the candidate in District Four. I'm going to ask him how his relationship is with the Vice President <laughs> Pence. Will be here tomorrow. Pushing for uh, Ryan McAdams against uh, McEachin in the District 4. I love politics. It's heating up, isn't it? Big race going in the next three weeks here. And we got Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States of America, will be here. So Ryan Adams is going to join me to talk about that. And even in, in, in the same hour, David Limbaugh will join me. Rush's brother. He didn't want to come on, but we talked to him. <laughs> we talked him into it. He's got a new book, Jesus is Risen. I want to ask him about it, what his, uh, what his uh, goals were behind it. And so that's coming up at four at five. Midlothian high schools seem to be on a collision course of political correctness. No more uh, Christmas songs that use the word Jesus. Can't have that. And, and, and another local high school apparently has, uh, has done away with uh, America spirit theme. And not the details of that are yet to unfold. I'll bring that to you at five. But first, District 7. It's a good district. We're in District 7. Phenomenal. Love it. Congressman Brad has done a, a great job for, for liberty. You know, I didn't know, Mark, I didn't know I was a conservative. Did you, did you really? You know, I, I, someone had to tell me I was a conservative a long time ago. Rich, Richard, Richard, with Richard here sitting here, he'd say, "Yeah, that's true." I'd, the only thing I knew was was the simple philosophy and principles of our founders, the Constitution, what it meant, Article One, Section Eight, this idea of federalism. What Jefferson said: "The best government is the one closest to you." I begin to think these are these are simple things that that make sense. That that men are corrupted, and that. Given power in this far-off land surrounded by a beltway, run by kings and queens that look at us as serfs and peasants, is a dangerous scenario. The belief that that, that is dangerous, that the federal government should be restricted in its freedom, that it have, should have no power to control anything in my health care. I was later told, Scott Lee, you're a conservative. I'm like, oh, okay, I thought I was an American. 
You mean not all Americans think this way? You mean I have to argue with some Americans like Abigail Spanberg about the role of government? So I watched this debate with Brat and Spanberger this week, and I thought, man, liberalism sounds good, but it is a disaster. I mean, to say, I mean, Abigail Spanberger essentially looked at Brat and said, Brat took away your health care. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so unbelievable that someone could actually think that a politician has a power to take it away or give it to you. Abigail Spanberg is essentially saying, he took your health care away and I'm going to give it to you. That is wrong. Doesn't anyone see the craziness of that? Why wouldn't you look at that and go, wait a minute, Abigail, don't you, wouldn't you agree that if there's a politician that can either take it away or give it to you, that's a bad thing? But no, that's not what happened. Brett kind of summed this thing up with some comments he said. Here it is. Uh, but I want to clear the record. There is a huge difference between my pro-growth position and my opponent who called the tax cuts a gimmick. So she has to say the economy is floundering right now when all the evidence, it, she's wrong on all the evidence she just ushered in. The economy is growing at 4.2% GDP growth. That's national income. Right. And so wages are going up. There's a new report out this week. Blue collar wages are going up faster than white collar wages. And she said you shouldn't look at the 4.2 statistic. She said the tax cuts are a gimmick. She said the 4.2 percent is a skinny statistic. What I will say is it's consistent with a hundred million Walmart shoppers having record retail sales. That's a kitchen table issue. And it's not true that the $2,500 bonuses are just to people that make six figures. Every Altria employee got a $3,000 bonus as a matter of fact. Yeah, Abby. And many other corporations throughout our district got huge bonuses yeah, as well. Abby. So what we don't want to do is revert to the Nancy Pelosi liberal agenda. That is a policy of economic growth failure and wage stagnation for 40 years. The economy is booming now. Wages are going through the roof, and women and African-American unemployment rates are at an all-time low due to good Republican policy. And I will also note good Republican policy that we have in our 10 counties. And I hope you will vote to keep it that way. I agree. Well stated. That's the argument between two different visions. Now, Abigail Spanberger in this debate hooked into something. She despises the tax cuts so much that she repeated herself over and over again about the $1.9 trillion tax cuts that you got to keep. It's your money, remember. You got to keep your money. It's not like the government was just handing it out. It was your money that you got to keep. Abigail got caught repeating herself this theme, she must have been told in the liberal ear by liberals around her, hey, say $1.9 trillion deficit by tax cuts. Here's a montage of Spamberger in the debate. The tax bill of 2017 to increase by $1.9 trillion. After adding $1.9 trillion to the deficit, that added $1.9 trillion to the deficit, continuing to grow the $1.9 trillion, <laughs> adding to our deficit to the tune of $1.9 trillion. As we are talking about that $1.9 trillion <laughs> deficit, added to the deficit to the tune of $1.9 trillion, is willing to add $1.9 trillion. <laughs> to the deficit. <laughs> we didn't we didn't uh we didn't edit that. That's legitimate. I wonder if it was 1.9 trillion. <laughs> Does anybody know? That is unbelievable. First, the premise 
is a joke that you, the taxpayer, keeps your hard-earned money. They overspend, and it's your fault. Abigail Spamberger's premise is that you're the problem, the taxpayer. The bottom line is we're not broke. There's plenty of money. It's just the government doesn't have it. Exactly. That's, that's Keith Ellison's view. This is Abby Spamberger's view. There's plenty of money. It's just that you, you, you poor surf, you, you peasant, you taxpayer, you're keeping too much of it. And when Congressman Bratt sees an opportunity to return your money to you because the government has been unfaithful with the money they have, it's kind of a rule in my household, should be yours and government. They've been unfaithful with the money they have. They give it back to you. And Abigail Spanberger says, that's why we have deficits. That is a flaw in thinking. The premise is wrong. I'll explain more when we get back and your phone calls. 454-1366. 454-1366. Scott Lee for the Lee Brothers. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. 454-1366. Well, if you ask me where I come from the tax bill of 2017 to increase by $1.9 trillion. After adding $1.9 trillion to the deficit, that added $1.9 trillion <laughs> to the deficit, continuing to grow the $1.9 trillion, adding to our deficit to the tune of $1.9 trillion. As we are talking about that $1.9 trillion. Does she sound like Hillary? I think her voice has a Hillary ring to it. I mean, doesn't it? You know, nails down the chalkboard. I mean, that's the way it kind of sounds. Abby Spamberger, during the debate with Brad, jumped on the hook, right? $1.9 trillion deficit because of Brat's tax cut. Tax cuts don't cause deficits. They don't. I mean, how many times do we have to have this conversation? This is a big deal in the uh, Ted Cruz, Betty O'Rourke debate this week, too. And I'll play those clips coming up, but Abby just, Abigail Spanberger jumped on this. I mean, this is like a big deal to her. So therefore, she wants to what? Obviously, she wants to reverse them. She wants to now raise your taxes. I mean, isn't that the logical conclusion of this? Abigail Spanberger, in fact, the Democrats right now say that's their plan. If they regain the House and this very District 7 vote could be the House flip. Do you realize how close this is? If Abigail Spanberger beats Congressman Brett, it could be the very one that swings the house. That's how close this could be. And if that happens, you don't think Abigail Spanberger is going to vote to reverse this? Of course she will. She called it a mistake. You heard her say it. This is a, a deficit problem. And she's a deficit hawk now, don't you see? Because $1.9 trillion is, in a, is, is uh, added to the deficit because you kept your money. Now, let's just go through this for a second. There is a spending problem in Washington, D.C., not a revenue problem. Every year, they spend almost a trillion dollars more. Now, that's not your fault. It's not my fault. By the way, since just as a side note, do you know the feds had a record individual income tax collection last month? A record in fiscal year 2018? A record. They even collected more income tax than ever. Now, overall tax revenue dropped, but individuals who got a tax cut, largest ever. Spending is the problem. 
I don't know why the left doesn't see this or anyone else who hates tax cuts with a passion. I don't know why you hate them. Wouldn't you rather have money in your hand and then look at the government and say cut spending? Even if tax cuts cause less revenue, and you can argue they do or don't depending on growth, who cares? Even if they cause less revenue, I'm all for it. Why? Because the government doesn't need any more money. They're unfaithful to what they have. It's a spending problem, not a tax problem. You can give them all the money you have. You think they're going to spend it wisely? You think all of a sudden they're not going to have a deficit? How insane is that? It's just stupidness. You have debt in your household because your employer doesn't pay you enough? That's the same rationale. Walk into work tomorrow, Monday morning, and tell your boss that you need more money because you're in debt. And he should laugh you out of the office the same way that we laugh Abigail Spanberger off the stage for a stupid, ridiculous statement such as tax cuts cause deficits. It's absurd. Congressman Brad addressed it pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I, would, I would just like to call the ultimate irony of the Democrats complaining about deficits and debt. It, it is unbelievable to hear someone who said we need more government spending for every single program here asking me about deficits and debt. So the Republicans passed uh, tax cuts that cost $150 billion a year. If you grow at 4%, they're all paid for. By contrast, to get nine Senate Democrats, which we needed for the budget, we had to plus up the budget $400 billion. Wow. Everybody knows where the spending problem is. It's also important to add that revenues are up 4% due to our tax cuts and economic growth. But spending is up 8%, and that's not from Republicans. That's from the runaway spenders on the other side of the aisle. I thank, thank you, you Congressman. Very good. He's exactly right. The left just hates tax cuts because government is what they worship. Not you. They don't care about you and you spending your money because you can spend it better than the government can. There's no question about that. The left despises tax cuts. Abigail Spanberger hates that you got a tax cut. Hates it. You think she's a deficit hawk? What, a, what an absolute joke. Camila Harris right now and other Democrats already know what to do with tax cuts. They're not going to repeal them. They are going to repeal them, but they're not going to repeal them and apply it to the deficit. Of course not. They're going to repeal Trump's tax cuts and replace them with the cash payouts for the poor and working class. This is an exact quote last week or this week from Camila Harris who's a Democrat, Abigail Spanberger, believes the same thing. Replace, repeal the tax cut, replace it with $1.5 trillion uh, in more spending. Not tax cuts that go back to solve the deficit problem. These people aren't hawks. They want your money so they can spend it. Not so, and, and for her, Abigail, Dave Brad is exactly right. For Abigail Spanberger to stand up and go, well, if I brought the money back, we would spend it wisely. What a joke. Your entire party is evidence of a joke when it takes our money. If I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of people. I'm going to err on the side that people know how to spend their money better than Washington. If I'm going to err, I would never err on the side of government to keep the money there when there's no evidence to suggest they would spend it wisely. We have a spending problem, Abigail Spanberger. It's your party. You're not going there to cut spending. You would never do that. In fact, Brat's right. Everything you proposed was more spending. Hypocritical, 
to blame the taxpayer for debt. It's politicians like you. Your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820, WNTW, 92.7 FM. Our version of the Federalist Papers, without all that reading, it's the Lee Brothers. Spamberger should read the Federalist Papers. No, she had learned a thing or two. The government's limited. They spend more than they bring in. It's a travesty. Cut our taxes, let us keep it, and you guys cut spending. Scott Lee, Lee Brothers, Richard Lee is in the hospital. Covet your prayers. You know, Beto uh, debated Cruz this week. He said the same thing. He goes, look, I would rather raise taxes and spend it on other things. Not deficit. Spend it on other things. Here's what he said. Uh, At a cost of around $1.6 trillion over the next 10 years, if you look at the tax cut that Senator Cruz just voted for, $2 trillion added to $21 trillion in debt, the disproportionate benefit flowing to corporations and the very wealthiest. And And by the way, that sounds so bad, just proportionally to the wealthiest in corporations. It's their money. I mean, why hate them? You gave a tax cut, everyone got one, except some got bigger ones because they have more money. The left it wants to divide us and be hateful about it. Continue, please. Move that corporate tax rate, not to where it was, but maybe five points from 21 to 26. Raise the corporate tax rate. You would generate the, the money necessary to pay for <laughs> access to health care so that everyone lives to their full potential. Ah, so we want more. We want to cut your, we want to raise your taxes so we can spend it. Abigail Spamberger, don't give me this thing that you're a deficit hawk. Beto, you another Democrat, don't tell us you're about deficits and how bad you hate tax cuts because they cause deficit. You just want the money to spend how you want. <laughs> All right, check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Great video there about health care, government-run health care. Go watch this. Then send it to all your leftist friends who are considering voting for Abigail Spanberger. It's a crisis. You don't want government anywhere near your health care. All right, more on the Cruz-Beto debate, more clips from Abigail Spanberger, all that dead ahead. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 92.7 FM. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers. We built this city. <laughs> we built this city. On tax cuts. Just after 334 in the capital, the Commonwealth of Virginia. The Lee Brothers, my name is Scott Lee. My co-host, my friend and my brother sitting to my left. Sometimes my far left is Richard Lee. Of course, he's not here today. He's in the hospital, which is not where we want him to be. I guarantee you it's not where he wants to be. Uh, had some complications still from fighting pancreatic cancer, and um, it, it's a tough, been a tough year for the Lee household, and we cover your prayers as he recovers, and he is recovering. It's, it's something they can work on and fix. He went in late last night, and these things aren't planned. So the Lee brothers, uh, as we always say, you know, the— 
theory is no match for the mess of reality, or as others would say, uh, your plans are no match for God's plans. And so that is why Richard is in the hospital today, and we can't count on that. So I uh, miss him greatly uh, as we do the show, and uh, y- your prayers are uh, much appreciated because we believe in them. That's where Richard is today. Also, today is my son's birthday. You know that, did you, Mark? Uh, Ryan. Ryan Lee is 21 today. <laughs> yeah, so tonight will be an interesting meal. Happy birthday. <laughs> exactly. 21. And what what uh, 21-year-old says, Dad, I'm legal. I'm just going to tell you. I want a drink. And, of course, I'm going to say, look, there, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with partaking of an adult beverage of your choice in the cold variety at any uh, establishment called a watering hole or wherever it might be. Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, there are, there are barriers to drinking, however, and we've had this conversation with all three of my boys who are in college, uh, now about, uh, the correct use of alcoholic beverages. So I, uh, actually in, in, in some strange way, I don't know how to actually handle this as a father, uh, look forward to drinking with my son tonight. <laughs> it even sounds weird. Doesn't it sound weird? I mean, it just, uh, I know I have my older son is 22, so, uh, obviously you've done that, but um, happy birthday, Ryan. Look forward to a dinner with you uh, tonight as we celebrate that. Which makes me think, you know, I want my kids to see the world of politics not in a partisan fashion. I've never, ever said to my kids, Democrats suck, Republicans, good. They figured that out on their own. No, I'm kidding. No, seriously, I've never said that. Here, here's the deal. I want liberalism, liberals and Democrats, to, to join me, Scott Lee, in a simple principle called federalism. Let us look at the federal government as a problem together. It doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for me. And let's push things to the states. This is Dave Bratt's idea. Now, nobody, left or right, can argue that. You can't say, well, Brat wants to move things to the states, and that's bad. That's not bad. Thomas Jefferson was right. The best government is the one closest to you. You want things to work, liberals? You want health care for everyone? Bring it home. Right here. Argue with, with Kirk Cox and the General Assembly. That is the best government. You can't argue with Congressman Brat for wanting things to be closer to government. You ought to embrace that. And if you don't, then you're missing the very ideals of America. That's how bad off you are. You missed Madison and Hamilton and John Jay's Federalist Papers. You missed the entire point. You missed the entire point of the Constitution. In fact, you missed the entire point of the Bill of Rights, including the Ninth and Tenth Amendment. Liberals, you're so, it's not that you're not passionate about things. Abigail Spanberger in her debate was massively passionate. It said everything she's passionate about is wrong. She's passionate about trying to help people the wrong way. She's passionate about health care, but doing damage to the very thing through a federal bureaucracy and a massive overreach. I think Abigail Spanberger's probably cares greatly about things, except she missed the entire principle of government and federalism and what the founders from Virginia had in mind. Brat even laid it out. I've heard nothing from my opponent tonight about how she would grow the economy. She wants to have conversations about the economy, but I've heard no economic policy, no policy agenda. She doesn't have one. It's government. I've, I've always, I, never, never want my kids to be partisan. I didn't want to be partisan. I'm not partisan. 
I, I had a great conversation with a with a huge liberal this week. This guy is a California liberal. That's where he lives. We sat down for 20 minutes over an adult beverage of our choice. I kid you not. And for 20 minutes, at the end of the conversation, this liberal, bigger than Abigail Spanberger liberalism, I'm talking Nancy Pelosi liberalism, at the end of the conversation, he said, Scott, if Republicans thought like you, I'd vote for them. I thought, wow. The thing is, is Republicanism, small r Republicanism, is what Republicans should stand for, and it is what they fight for, except they're demagogued in the press and made to sound some sort of evil creature of from the Black Lagoon or something. Simple principles. If we could come back to our founding principles, even the left would have a better run at it. You're not getting things done in D.C. either. Actually, I take that back. A lot of the things done in D.C. are from a leftist perspective. Liberals love big government when they're in charge. They do look down on you as a serf and peasant. It's part of the democratic way. If government is supposed to be big and largesse, then you, by definition, are small. When the uh, people fear the government, it's called tyranny. When the government fears the people, it's called liberty. You think Spanberger believes that? She believes government is the answer. Including this whole idea about tax cuts. You see... Tax cuts couldn't be the complete argument for to see where someone's heart is. I err on the side of the American people and keeping their hard-earned money. The left sees that as a problem. They try to convince you that you keeping your money is dangerous for the deficit, even though not one time in their entire political career have they ever thought that if they had the money, they'd spend it wisely against the deficit. Not true. This came up in the Cruz debate. Here's one of the questions. Listen to the leaning of it. Senator Cruz, a year ago this week, October 18th, 2017, you tweeted out the following statement. When it comes to the deficit and debt, it is immoral. The debt we have, we have to turn it around, you wrote. Yet two months later, last December, as you just mentioned a moment ago, you voted for the Republican tax plan that the Joint Committee on Taxation, Congressional Budget Office, and many other nonpartisans say will add more than a trillion dollars to the deficit. Some people see the tweet and the vote as hypocritical. It's just laughable. So the government looks at the people and said, hey, the the government that is there now, and said, we're going to give it back to the people because we can't spend it right here. And the problem is... It creates a deficit. If Congress spends more than they bring in, whose fault is that? Is it the taxpayer's fault? This question implies that, doesn't it? Now, there was actually a follow-up to that. The follow-up interrupted Cruz. Cruz made the case. He goes, look, giving people their money doesn't cause deficits. You don't have to pay for tax cuts. They're, They're people's money. You just spend less. It's that simple. Listen to the follow-up question. Respectfully, Senator, I, I was with you in Iowa. I've heard you on the campaign trail since 2012 saying how bad the deficit is. Yes. And, and, and this vote would add to the deficit. <laughs> Jason, no, it wouldn't. Thank you. Come on, Jason, it wouldn't. Thanks for the follow-up, you leftist. I guess the view is if, uh, you know, if you take money from government, then they're going to continue to spend at some stupid radical rate. And it's, not, it's not the taxpayer's fault. We've talked about this so much on the show. This is a massive indication of where the left is. Democrats in general. To think 
that you keep in your money causes deficits is a is an indication on the view, the worldview of Democrats. You can't keep your money, it causes a deficit. And that's laughable. On every level, we've explained every step of it. And if someone wants to disagree, I'm more welcome. In fact, I have tried. I sent an email to uh, journalists who disagree with me. I've sent emails to Abigail Spamberger. Nobody will join me to debate this and talk about it. Nobody. It's easy just to say tax cuts cause deficits. And then all the Democrats and the leftists all sudden act like they care about the deficit. They're like, oh, no, when the reality is, we already see what they would do if they reverse the tax cuts. I'm not going to apply it to the deficit. I'm going to spend it. That's what this Camilla Harris proposal is all about. The proposal would get rid of the tax cuts and in turn funnel the money into government-guaranteed cash for low- and middle-income households. Transfer of wealth. Scary stuff. What a view. If you're a politician and have a view that the problem is American people keeping their hard-earned money, I don't want you anywhere near Washington, D.C. unless you're on a tour with another congressman and you aren't one of them. Abigail Spanberger, if elected, will raise your taxes. And it won't go to the deficit as much as she says. It'll go to other spending. Elementary, my dear Watson. It's scary stuff that she gets away with this. You aren't in debt because of your employer isn't paying you enough. Congress isn't in debt because we don't tax enough. It's because you spend too much and so does Congress. It's the reason we have debt. But to say this over and over again, to get it into the minds of people in central Virginia before they vote on November 6th, Congressman Bratt will err on the side of you. We the people, you. The people of Virginia deserve to keep your money. Let Congress cut spending and not blame you. All right, coming up, the professionally offended. You got to hear this one. It's unbelievable. And your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Scott Lee, solo, as Richard Lee's in the hospital. 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. But I do think this tax cut was a mistake. Freedom isn't passed through the bloodstream. It's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee brothers. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister, and me to grow up and live. you love America? I mean, I'm going to play for you in the second hour. This, uh, what's her name, um, Sarah Silverman, who's supposed to be a comedian, who says she hates the country. Huge, big Democratic leftist. Have you ever heard a Republican conservative say they hate the country? I mean, even when Obama was in office, did you ever hear a conservative or a Republican say, I hate this country? The left is home of radicals, man. <laughs> These people are crazy. How could you hate the country? I mean, when Obama was president, I never said I hated the country. Never. Not one time. I disagreed with almost every single thing Barack Obama did. And yet, loved the country. By the way, did you know to Beto O'Rourke, this guy out in Texas? You've seen his mannerisms? And the way he speaks, moves his hands. He is Barack Obama. That, that is exactly who this guy is imitating. Watch the debates and you're going to go, oh my gosh. This guy's copying Barack Obama. No wonder the, everyone loves him. I was, I was hearing him do a lot of... Tss, tss. 
Yeah, yeah. Like Obama. Like right? Obama, exactly. Everything matches matches Obama in every way. I, I just couldn't believe it when I was watching. It's funny you said that, by the way, at the break. It's it's unbelievable. All right, uh, Scott Lee, Lee Brothers, Richard Lee is in the hospital. Covet your prayers there. Miss him greatly because without him, quite honestly, this show isn't even... It's not even fun, uh, but he'll be back and uh, he'll be he'll be fine. He's in the hospital recovering from some things and and uh, appreciate that. Hey, check us out eight twenty theanswer eight twenty theanswer If you click on the Lee Brothers, it takes you to our page. There's a uh, great video there about healthcare that everybody should should take a moment and and just watch this. It's it's what's wrong with government run healthcare. Many things, and then the media uh, doesn't want to use the 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 word mob when referring to the left, and they've got a little montage there, all at 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Or drop us an email, patriots at theleebrothers.com. The professionally offended, this is another home of the leftist. I mean, you just don't see this happening in the conservative world. You don't see the professionally offended in the uh, in the Republican Party. They're just, we just look at something and go, eh. But who looks at a box of Kleenexes and gets offended? So much so that Kleenex, the company, changes the name of it. So I'm sure you've heard the controversy of the man-sized tissues. That's the name of this uh, box of tissues. It's called man-sized tissues. The origination was when men used to carry handkerchiefs around, the, the, the Kleenex came up with this large Kleenex that was like unrippable, that was disposable instead of your handkerchief, and it was called man size. Some woman, all I can tell is there's only one here. Some woman tweeted, here's what she tweeted. My four-year-old son asked me what was written here. Then he asked, why are they called man size? Question mark. Can girls and boys and moms use these? I said, I don't know, and yes, of course. He suggests you should call them very large tissues. It's 2018. So Kleenex, could you help me tell my son why they're still called man size? Why don't you do it? This is the left today. The left can't handle their own things and discuss with their own family. That's it. I'm writing Kleenex a letter. I'm going to tweet out to them that they changed the name because I don't want to be the one to talk to my son about it. Typical liberalism. I don't like guns. Therefore, I'm taking them away from you. I don't like taxes being cut. Therefore, you shouldn't have your taxes cut. That's what liberals are. Conservatives are like, I don't like that, so I'm not going to do it. Or, I don't like that, so I'm going to explain it to my son. But liberals are different. They're weird. The professionally offended are upset about a Kleenex name, man size. How insane is that? Who wakes, who laying in bed at night going, oh my, I can't believe this. Something must be done. I don't know what's worse. Somebody who actually thinks something must be done or the corporation who says, that's okay, we'll fix it. <laughs> Kleenex actually fixed it. Now, I don't know how many people complain, but Kleenex actually said, um, well, yeah, we're going to make this thing entirely right. Thanks for sharing your concerns, said Kleenex. We recently made changes to our man-sized branding and will now be labeled them extra large. Keep an eye out in our shops. Puke. That is, is there no one has any guts anymore to stand up and go, are you kidding me? I mean, seriously, have you lost your mind? Why does it matter that it's called man size? Maybe they're 
larger than the woman's size. I mean, think how insane this is. I mean, how far do you want to go with it? Is there a company called Manwich? No, have you heard the Manwich, right? There's Manwich, there's there's all kinds of other things. Hungry Man frozen dinners. I remember oh, these. No! <laughs> exactly. This is the professionally offended. In Louisa County, lawyers in a murder case want to take down the Lee portrait and other Confederate memorabilia in the courtroom. Apparently, someone's offended by General Lee's portrait. It's a murder case. The, the, the uh, defendant is a black man, and he says, I can't get a fair, I can't, I can't, even say, can't get a fair hearing with General Lee on the wall. The group of people who are professionally offended are obvious. I don't know what's worse, them or the people who capitulate. All right, your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820 WNTW and 92.7 FM. Scott and Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio. I'm so offended. I'm going to start getting offended. You know, if you're a part of the professionally offended, how do you even, how do you, how do you function in the world? Everything offends you. I mean, if a Kleenex offends you, how, how bad are other things offending you? It's unbelievable. Can people even drive down the road? Can you even function in the world? Can you walk down the street? Can you watch TV? The Kleenex, man-sized Kleenex is so offensive to you, you have to have it changed. I, I'm worried about you and the whole professionally offended group. All right, coming up, David Limbaugh. David Limbaugh's got a new book, Jesus is Risen, and I wanted to ask him about his, his faith and what it really means for America and how his book could help, and I believe it can. And so he's going to join me here at the top of the hour. And Richard Lee is his own the hospital. And speaking of uh, uh, Christianity and prayers, we, we, we certainly uh, covet yours as Richard is in the hospital. He went in last night, had some issues, and he is, uh, he'll be out probably after the show, which is horrible timing. Pray for Richard. Lee brothers are, uh, are still here, but it's just me, Scott Lee. All right, David Limbaugh next, and uh, congressional candidate Ryan McAdams all dead ahead. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 92.7 FM. Blue collar lesson there for the learning. Clyde will drive you anywhere, no matter how far. Just never give up. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so Sarah Silverman claims Republicans are cheating. That should be fun. We'll discuss it. Vice President Pence, he's here this weekend for Ryan McAdams. We'll talk to him this hour. No, 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 we'll talk to Ryan McAdams this hour. <laughs> Pence didn't want to join us. <laughs> and uh, David Limbaugh is here with his new book, Jesus is Risen. That is next. Virginia Citizens and American Patriots, the only two-headed talk show in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. The Lee Brothers, my name is Scott Lee. My co-host, my friend and my brother Richard Lee is in the hospital. We were scheduled to do the two-headed talk show thing today, as we do every Friday. He's in the hospital recovering from pancreatic cancer. A, a tough year for the Lee household. Appreciate your prayers. We covet them greatly as he is uh, recovering. We'll be out uh, hopefully this weekend and back here with us next week. All right, this is, uh, by the way, coming up at 5 o'clock, uh, Midlothian schools are banning Christmas songs right here in the capital of Commonwealth. We'll discuss that. But first, joining me right now on the phone is uh, David Limbaugh, author of a new book, Jesus is risen. David Limbaugh. Hey, good to see uh, hear you. Uh, sorry to hear about your brother. No, I, I appreciate that. He, uh, believe me, when, 
we arranged this interview. We were both excited to talk to you, and now he's uh, he's all depressed about it. But, um, oh, yeah. but uh, you know, I'm here. Scott Lee and Richard is obviously listening, and, and we appreciate your time here. I know you're very busy. And it's, all, it's also, I was thinking about this. I'm about to interview David Limbaugh, whose brother is the number one radio talk show host on the planet Earth. And uh, I got to somehow compete with that, I guess. Do you ever, when you get interviewed, do you ever go, you're not near as good as my brother? You ever, <laughs> you ever say that? No, no, that's not the first thing that comes to my mind. No. <laughs> well, listen, I'm, I'm attracted, to, uh, attracted to your book, um, Jesus is Risen. What is the, uh, what's the, what's the, the guiding uh, drive behind the book for you? Okay, this is my fourth Christian-themed book. The last one, was about the Gospels, and this, I, uh, my goal is to complete uh, a treatment of all New Testament books, so I started with the book of Acts with this book and did six of Paul's 13 epistles, so I'm making my way through the New Testament in a going through the text, summarizing, paraphrasing, sometimes using it, uh, uh, reading it verbatim, and then placing uh, a commentary uh, with it, so that you have one narrative that kind of explains the book of Acts, the history of the early church, and six of Paul's epistles. The idea of kind of like a study guide to the Bible, an orientation, a primer, something that introduces new early Christians, you'd say, uh, or people even who have more knowledge, to what the Bible actually says and what it means, with the goal of ultimately inspiring them to read the Bible for themselves. This is it's interesting. I mean, you're a lawyer. You're a syndicated columnist with Creator Syndicate. You're a political commentator. I see you on TV all the time talking about politics. But yet you're writing a book on Christianity. Is that is that a, a passion of yours, seminary background? Where, where does that come from? Yeah, well, I, I came, became a believer in my mid-30s, and I guess I was so excited. Not I guess. I was so excited to discover that the Bible really is the the Word of God, that Jesus really is the Son of God, and all those things I've been taught uh, in Sunday school and church in my life really were true, even though right. I didn't accept it. I mean, I, I, I wasn't like, I didn't reject it outright. I just couldn't embrace it. And then I studied it and find out it's true, and I'm so excited about it that I want to inhale it, read theology, read all about it. And then once I did, I wanted to start sharing it. So I, I did try to do that 30 years ago or 25 years ago before I had any columns or books under my belt. And it didn't really get anywhere. I didn't have a platform. But now, you know, some 25 years later, I did. I had all these columns and books, and I thought, I want to revisit my passion. So that's what I did, and I, this is my fourth one of these, as I said. This is uh, – it's an interesting culture that we live in. Uh, to talk about Christianity and spreading Christianity in this world seems impossible. And and Richard and I are obviously Christians, and we we, we don't shy away from that on this show but it seems to be under attack everywhere we look. I just mentioned at the top of this hour, we've got a school here in Midlothian that doesn't want to have any name of Jesus in a Christmas song, and they changed it to, to not have it this year. Will this book shed some light on that at all? Does it go down that path, or does it pretty much stay with Inside the Gospels and, and what those mean? No, well, again, the, the last book was the Gospels. This stays inside the book of Acts and six of Paul's epistles, letters to the churches, but that theme is very prominent. The theme of persecution of the churches is very prominent in, in those uh, books of the Bible. And uh, I wrote a book earlier, uh, 10, 15 years ago, on persecution about how the things you're talking about, uh, the discrimination against Christians in our culture and, and, and being afraid of celebrating Christmas and all other kinds of things. But no, this is about 
the history of the early church and stays to the biblical text. But they, as you know, the early evangelists, Paul, Peter, and the rest of the apostles, uh, experienced unbelievable persecution, and they write about that. And Luke's account in Luke, uh, I mean, Luke's account in the book of Acts, and Paul's account in the various letters that he wrote to the churches. And saying, though, that he actually rejoiced in this persecution because he knew that he was doing something uh, for the cause of Christ. Sacrificing in Christ's example for the cause of Christ is a noble thing to do, and it actually strengthens a person. Uh, and Paul kind of uh, articulated it or framed it as, you gain weak, uh, strength through your weakness right. like Christ did. Exactly. We're talking with David Limbaugh about his new book, Jesus is Risen, Paul and the Early Church. I, I noticed something in your book that, that might relate for many of us today. Paul's most effective techniques and arguments for, for Christianity, for those coming to Christ. This, these are critical things that many people, if they're listening on their car or whatever it might be, a reason to pick up this book. Yeah. Well, that, thank you. Well, Paul was an evangelist who was an ardent Jew, and he was converted to become an ardent Christian. And he, he said, as, as he, he writes these letters to the churches saying, you guys have fallen away from the gospel that I taught you, that I received directly from Jesus Christ, because you've fallen prey to the, the allures of the flesh and also the false teachers who are presenting with you, to you with a false gospel. Reject that false gospel. Come back to the true gospel. So he was very adamant about the purity of the gospel message. Salvation through faith in Jesus Christ alone, not our works. We can't earn it. It's got to be through faith in Christ. But he also said, I'm not going to sweat the small stuff. When I'm around Jews, I'm going to adopt their practices for the purposes of relating to them and then com uh, communicating this message. Same thing when I'm around the Greeks. I'll do whatever is necessary. I won't compromise my principles, but I'll be whatever I need to be within reason to spread the word. That's what's important. And as we evangelize, we don't need to quibble over the little things. Robbie Zacharias, one of my favorite evangelists, yeah, said mine too. one of the keys is to know the questioner as well as the question. Meet that questioner where he is. What are his needs? What are his specific great doubts? Point. Don't just talk at him. Talk with him. And what a great it. lesson for us politically. I mean, that, not, yeah. only, oh, yeah. not, not only Christianity, yeah. right, but, but politically. We, take, we, we, we yeah. tend to think that these people who are on the other side we argue with are not human beings, but they're just... But they are. They're human beings that come from a certain position. It's good to know who we're talking to, not just what, what their position is. What a, what a great point. Well, not in every case. They're not human. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say I just, that. Just I understand kidding. that. Just so how is David Limbaugh, I mean, obviously you're impacting the world for Christ in a way that because of your name. Are you also getting an incredible amount of negative feedback due to, due to your position? You mean because of my uh, Christianity the holding to the hold, yeah holding to, to oh, the Christian? Oh, I thought person. you meant because of my the volatile the electricity in my name because of politics. Um, yeah, well, no, you know, actually, I think there is a hunger out there, and the, the the grief I get from atheists, militant atheists, or agnostics, or political secular liberals uh, is something that I would expect, and it really doesn't discourage me. In fact, I think it's I, I think that it's. Uh, I, I, I think we don't receive the kind of persecution they do in other countries, uh, and, and as they did in ancient times. I think we're pretty blessed. Uh, yeah, I agree. We, pretty much free sailing. There's a hunger out there, and I, I may be preaching to the choir. A lot of people speaking to Christians who I think would like more edification, more knowledge. Sure. Uh, so I'm, 
I'd love to be to approach non-believers as well, and I think in some cases I have, but it's whatever God wishes and however I can be his instrument is what I want to do. But if I get a lot of negative feedback, it doesn't really bother me in this context because I don't take it personally anyway. Right, good. How about a book on apologetics? Is that next for David Limbaugh, something how to defend the faith in such a secular that, world? That was actually my first Christian book. Um, well, I, I discussed my faith journey and uh, the, the, the reasons for my belief in, in Jesus, all the evidence. Was that, was that, the trial. name of that book was what then? The, the true cr- Jesus, Jesus on trial. But don't your okay. listeners, don't you dare go by that. We got to sell this new book. This is all about, <laughs> this is all about putting my kids through college. <laughs> got and it. They could, yeah. Super. No, I'm kidding. But no, it was great. It was really, that was a fun book to do, but this one's about uh, the book of Acts and the, and the, the epistles that I was telling you about. Well, it's the number one national best-selling author, David Limbaugh, who brings us this great book and, examines the book of Acts and, and Paul and, and, and more of it. So we appreciate your time here, sir. Uh, Godspeed. Thanks for doing a book like this, and thanks for, for standing firm for the cause. It is, it is great that uh, someone of your caliber and name is making this kind of impact. Thank you, and prayers for your brother. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Appreciate it. That's David Limbaugh, author of Jesus is Risen. All right, your phone call's next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers. It's encouraging to see that book from David Limbaugh, Jesus is Risen. Except, does anyone read anymore? Richard Lee is in the hospital, and uh, we cover your prayers. Scott Lee here behind the microphones outside of the Capitol of the Commonwealth. Just talked to uh, David Limbaugh about his book. And, you know, I, I, love, uh, I love the book. I love uh, the, his other books. I love that he's passionate about, about his conversion, about his faith. I just wish more people would, would read books and, and dive into this and, and learn more about it. Instead, we are so caught up on Netflix. Netflix is like, maybe we had a Netflix a book. That's what we should do. Come out with a Netflix series that, that deals with uh, Jesus is risen and see how many people watch that. Then they can, what do they call it? Purging or, or uh, what's, what's, the, what's the thing where you, um, you, you watch them all in one little time frame? What's that called? Binging. Ben, yeah, binging. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know why I'm going up on that. Binging, you can binge on on uh, the book by Limbaugh or something, but it just seems like our culture is so far away from where David Limbaugh is. You ever get that sense? Our culture is, is so lost. And he made a great point about learning the person you're talking to instead of just arguing with them. Man, how different our culture would be for that. I'm struggling in a culture of trying to raise kids to be more unproductive and fighting every battle that is against them. Imagine trying to tell your kids that, hey, you are not accountable to just parents. You're accountable to God and your relationship with him. And then going to the public school and saying, there is no God. Don't worry about it. Your parents are all dead wrong. Or your kids get lost in this thing called a cell phone, which is literally from Satan himself. I believe the iPhone is corrupting America. <laughs> That's too, maybe too hard. No, I, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, we have teenagers. I'm fighting this battle right now. We have teenagers with phones in their hands all night long. And we have parents who don't care. 
We have parents who don't know. I mean, let me challenge you. Do you know what your teenage kids, daughters, or sons are doing on that phone? Of course you don't. You know why? Because you don't want to know. No, you don't, you don't want to know. If you knew, like I, I've known, and I've, I've already experienced some of this, uh, it, is, it is absolutely devastating. There's no help for this. The schools aren't helping. Culture isn't helping. God, culture does the exact opposite. It says there's nothing wrong with your 14-year-old son or daughter going on these websites, taking pictures of themselves, and doing things that you would never imagine. We've, we've, we've failed our children, and we don't follow up and, and monitor these things. Why am I the only parent in America that's fighting this battle? I just ask for help. Parents, go home and look at your child's phone. Oh, but Scott Lee, that's their privacy. They're 14. They have no privacy. It is your job to raise them. Get involved, please. I'm tired of trying to fight the whole world. Do parents have given up? Have, par- have you quit as a parent? Jeez, this is ridiculous. Parents, go home and grab your phone. Put, take them away from your child. Don't let them sit in their room and do things that are abhorred and, and being led down a path by other kids. It's a disaster. I just want a little help. Are there any parents out there, 454-1366, who monitor their kids' phones like I do? 454-1366. How about you sit them down, take their phone away, hand them the book by David Limbaugh, Jesus is Risen. Here, read this. Are there any parents who are doing this? Because I got to tell you, I'm the, I feel like I'm the only one. And it's a battle I wish I had help fighting. Instead, for me to call a parent and say, do you know what I found on my child's phone that your child's been doing? Yeah, I'm that parent. I'm that one. Because I care about my kid. I'm the guy who calls you up and goes, hey, uh, just in case you don't know, and you've been living under a rock somewhere, Unfortunately, they don't have licenses for you to be a parent, but you are one. Take an active role in it. These aren't, these aren't hard things. It used to be that parents took parenting seriously. You brought a kid into this world. Your job is to take care of it. You work so hard on your job, you forget your real job is being a parent. Instead, you hand them a phone, put a TV in the room, and say, where's Johnny? I don't know. He's in his room somewhere. What a disaster for our culture. Of course, I got off on a trend there or on a, on a, on a tangent there. But however, I do want to say this. Today's my, my middle son's 21st birthday. Happy birthday, Ryan. And what an amazing kid he turned out to be despite the phone. So maybe it's not so bad. I do believe it's a pathway to hell. <laughs> All right, your phone call's next. 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 92.7 FM. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. No, I, can't wait. I can't wait to get to this. I mean, the, the Midlothian school story uh, and diversity. Oh, Tim Kaine's got a new ad. It's Hispanic. I mean, you probably aren't going to hear it. It's all in Spanish. But he cares so much about diversity. We'll discuss that at 5 o'clock. Coming up, though, we've got to talk about this, um, what's her name? Sarah Silverman. And her claim. And then we have another actor who makes the same claim. The Republicans are going to cheat this election. They're cheating. 
Um, you won't you won't believe how. I mean, we're gonna we'll explain that coming up. McCaskill is running for Senate in Missouri, and she's hiding many of her beliefs. And uh, Veritas Project Veritas has caught up and put some cameras in some people's face and found out her real uh, plan is to uh, be a big gun grabber. But also, interesting thing came out about Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood is fueling money to her, and she never talks about Planned Parenthood. And she talks about being more pro-life, and she tries to win over the pro-life voters in her state. And one of McKell, uh, McCaskill's staffers said, quote, it's an effing beautiful thing how Planned Parenthood is indirectly contributes to McCaskill's campaign. I absolutely love it. It's a beautiful, effing beautiful thing. And you can't get better language from the left. I mean, the left is great at using vulgar, you know, middle finger at Trump's motorcade, uh, using language like this, an effing beautiful thing, how Planned Parenthood secretly donates to her. Unbelievable. This has become regular speak, you see, inside many of the left because they get applauded for it. Effing beautiful thing, huh? Disguising Planned Parenthood money to Claire McCaskill. All right, check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. There you'll find two great videos and a link to the Lee Brothers and our page, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers, takes you directly there. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366-454-1366. Just after 434 in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. The Lee Brothers, my name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother sitting to my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee, and Richard is not here. He's uh, in the hospital, still recovering from uh, so much that has been ailing him in 2018. It's been a tough year. So he's in the hospital. He went there last night, should be the rest of the day, possibly will not be released till tomorrow. Our prayer is he'll be out early this weekend. Uh, and then back in the saddle where he belongs, and of course right here next week. So pray for Richard as he is uh, recovering. Phone lines are open, 454-1366, 454-1366. Why vote Democrat? I mean, I mean, I've always wanted to have a legitimate real debate on this program with, with Democrats on, on why. Abigail Spanberger certainly didn't make the case during her debate with Congressman Bratt, other than to say she wants more government, she wants more regulation, she wants more taxes. These are all things that she cheered in a Dave Bratt town hall meeting. Many of you have seen that ad now. That doesn't give me reason to vote Democrat. Campus reform caught up with some people to discuss the Betty the Beto O'Rourke race, but here's a little nugget inside that about why vote Democrat. We'll go for the Democrat um, from what I know in political science, I just feel like they... Hang on a second. Let's just stop right there. From what I know in political science class, <laughs> well, I would be shocked if she said something different. Let's start over. I think I would go for the Democrat. Sure. Um, from what I know in political science, I just feel like they are they push and they help for things that would help people in my situation, like people in poverty and things like that. I just feel that way. I mean, I don't know. 
I just feel. And isn't that what liberalism is about? I just feel like they help me more. I just feel that way. Of course, that's something. I mean, that is something. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tim Kane, you're right. It is, it is something. I mean, it's really nothing. It's just a feeling, but it is something. <laughs> that's perfect. I just feel like the Democrats want to help me more. Although there's not a single policy that the Democrats have that help people or couldn't be done better when it's local. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Barack. No, no, that is, that's true. Show me the policy. You Democrats like, think you help the poor so much more than the Republicans. You're, you're dead wrong. Because here's the best example. What do you think is helping everyone right now? What policy? Of course, it's tax cuts. It's deregulation. Do you know that Trump has freed up more red tape and regulation than Obama and Bush combined. And he's also significant regulatory actions by the administration. It's unbelievable. It's billions of dollars of red tape have been cut by Trump. That's amazing. Not just tax cuts, but the ability to be more free in a country of heavy regulation and burdensome helps the poor. It's not Democrats' policies of taking from one and giving to another that help them. By the way, that's called thievery. It just feels good to you. I bet this gal would never vote or never scratch that. She would probably never walk up to her neighbor's door. Excuse me, will you give me money for this thing? She would never do that, but she votes for Democrats who would. And then she feels like they're just more for them. Meanwhile, the Democrats don't give it to her. They take it. They give pennies back to her in some form or another. Certainly not freedom. It sounds like entrapment, and it sounds like thievery. Democrats get away with it. Yeah, I I think I was a thug. (laughs) (laughs) It's called thuggery. (laughs) That's right. You stole from people. I mean, under the guise of the government, but that's still stealing nonetheless. Here's uh, Sarah Silverman talking about Republicans uh, this week. This is the most amazing clip, and I wanted to share it with you. Just listen to what, how her disdain for the Republicans is so thick. Okay, the midterms are just three weeks away, so let's talk about how some Republican politicians are planning to win by cheating. I'm talking about voter suppression, things like closing polling places, purging names from voter rolls, and requiring photo ID, which, by the way, you do not need to purchase, say, a gun. Wrong. I bought a gun last week. Showed on my photo ID. In fact, they had to have it. What is she talking about? By the way, voter suppression? The Republicans are... Uh, give me... Give me the the voter suppression bill. Give me the one that doesn't want people voting. This is pure demagoguery. This is such a lie. There are people listening now going, the Republicans don't want voters? Removing people from the rolls that are dead. That's what they're doing everywhere. And they should be removed if they're dead. They can't vote. And and what's this idea of closing polling places? Is that going on somewhere that I, I missed? Continue on, Sarah. Like closing polling places, purging names from voter rolls, and requiring photo ID, which, by the way, you do not need to purchase, say, a gun. 
The flashpoint for voter suppression is this year's gubernatorial election in Georgia, where Democrat Stacey Abrams is running to become the first black female governor in American history. In American history? That's not just Georgia? Oh, my God. This country's dog Okay. Uh- this country's what? Yeah. It's dog crap. Thank you for supporting America and all that we do. Because we've never had a black, what was she saying? Black governor, black, black, what, what, we're, we're dog garbage because of that. Man, the left is unbelievable. This is pure hatred. This is how you paint Republicans as being evil. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. She's not even done. Let me just continue. See, Republicans can't directly pass a law saying people of color can't vote. We're about two years away from that if things don't turn around. Wow. But what they can do is invent new loopholes that effectively prevent people of color from voting. That is, that is unbelievable. What a lie. Talk about building hatred for someone. I guess if you actually believe that Republicans are two years away from passing a law to keep black people from voting, then you would do anything to stop Republicans, wouldn't you? Which might explain the mob mentality. Do people really think this way? What Republican ever has said we need to pass a law to keep black people from voting? This is pure, this is a lie. And yet it goes across and comes across as somehow legitimate because she's a Hollywood elitist of some sort. Here's another one. This is one of the Hollywood actors saying the same thing. Hey, everyone. Actor Jason George here to talk to you about an initiative called I Will Vote, a project aimed at mobilizing Americans to make their voices heard on Election Day. Now, in order to ensure America's government reflects our values, it's the personal responsibility of each and every one of us to play a role in shaping it. There are people actively working to make your vote not count. There are people actively working to make your vote not count. Who? Where? Where's the boogeyman? And talk about stirring emotions of people. I guess if if you're able to talk to a certain group of people and say, look, come here, let me tell you something. There's a group of people who are actively working to stop your vote. That is, that's, I guess, going to get some people fired up. Who are they? I'm going out, baby. I'm voting because I'm not going to let them actively stop me from voting. And shaping it. There are people actively working to make your vote not count. There are people working to eliminate the votes of people who have who they don't agree with their agenda. You know, I mean, look, I'm a black man from the South, and once upon a time, I couldn't vote, and people actively went out of their way to make sure I could not vote because my vote, along with other people like me, would outweigh theirs. And that's sounds like it was way back in the day, but they're doing it again. They're doing it again? Wow. That was way back in the day. Talk about hanging on to history and saying, look how bad it was then. Is it still that bad? Does, does anyone really think it's that bad? So they're doing it again? Here, big famous actor from Hollywood. They're doing Who's they? Sounds like it was way back in the day, but they're doing it again. The simple fact that somebody is going through a hardcore agenda to make sure you don't vote should make you aware of how much it actually counts. Wow. So I'm going to cast my ballot on Election Day, and I hope you will too. Go to IWillVote.com and commit to vote on November 6th. That's unbelievable. It, you know, you liberals ought to be ashamed of yourself. I mean, that's just, it's not true. It's not reality. But that's how they are stealing the election, right? 
Sarah Silverman, right? You're lying to the American people and saying that someone's trying to squash their votes. It's it's preposterous. You ought to be embarrassed. It's ridiculous. All right, your phone call's next. Oh, oh no, coming up. Ryan McAdams in District 4, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW and 92.7 FM. Some are horrible people, horrible human beings. Who cares? Representing the end of political correctness. It's the Lee Brothers. Well, now take down your fishing pole and meet me (laughs) at the fishing hole. We may not get a bite all day, but don't you rush away. What a great place to rest your bones. November 6th. It's kind of an important day in the cause of freedom and liberty. We're literally where one or two seats could make the difference on who controls the House. And in District 4, we have quite the race. Ryan McAdams is the Republican running against Donald McEachin, who's the incumbent, and obviously we know who we want to win on that. Joining me right now is, in fact, Ryan McAdams. Ryan? Hey, guys. Good to, good to be with you guys. We're real excited what's going on. There's a tremendous amount of momentum. How are you guys doing today? Good. Real good. In fact, I, I should have clarified, Richard is actually in the hospital. He's, oh, no. Uh, yeah, he, he'll, he'll, he's, re, you know, he had a tough at it last night and they put him in the hospital he's there now and so just just pray for him but i think he'll be okay as we go through the weekend so it's just me scott lee so it's just the two of us here well i'll definitely be praying for richard i love i love your brother and both you guys so uh i'll definitely be lifting him up (laughs) i appreciate that thank you so much so um how's the vice president doing have you talked to him lately (laughs) (laughs) well we'll be talking to him tomorrow (laughs) yeah well congratulations this. this is good yeah, this is really good. I mean, we've been working on it for a while. I mean, if we would love to get the president. We know that we knew that that was maybe a long shot, but we felt like, you know, if we could get the vice president, it would be just wonderful. I mean, I, I feel like I'm in a lot of ways, I'm similar to the vice president as far as my, my tone and, and things like that. And my, um, in the way that I, I do politics. So uh, it was just fantastic. We're just really blessed. I mean, it's just the favor of God that we feel that that the vice president is coming for this event tomorrow. Uh, for those of the listeners who don't know, it's going to be at the SunTrust building. We have a free rally, and there's been a little bit of confusion because we're also coinciding it with the fundraiser, but it is a free uh, get-out-the-vote event for the public that's going to be at the SunTrust building there on Main Street next to the Capitol, and it begins at 1 o'clock. And so you can still – I think there still might be openings yeah. – uh, and so you can go onto our Facebook and go onto our website. You can click on the Eventbrite. You've got to register. I mean, the Secret Service is all over this. And so you've got to register. There's going to be heavy security, but we'd we'll love you to come out. We have a great uh, group of speakers. Speaker Cox is going to be there. Good. Uh, Senator Amanda Chase. A, a lot of a lot of electeds from the 4th District. Um, Leon Benjamin. Martha Bonetta is going to be emceeing. So she's always fantastic. Yeah, that's good. Perfect. And uh, Governor McDonald's coming, and of course, uh, myself and uh, uh, Vice President Mike Pence will be sharing at the end. It's going to be great. So you will obviously take the stage and grab the microphone, correct? I mean, you're going to be able to speak. Yes. Good. Yeah, I think I'm going to I'm going to be uh, before the Vice President, as far as I know now. I mean, the actually to tell you the truth, the the Vice President's office he runs that whole show. But as far as I know now, I'm going before the vice president. I'll be sharing remarks and then uh, introducing him, and he'll be sharing it the very last. That is so phenomenally great. I I really hope that this gives a huge boost to your campaign, that people in the District 4 will begin to see, wait a minute, 
here's a guy that, uh, that you know, name recognition probably is on McEachin's side. Uh, I know you've been make, making great, great strides with that, but it's encouraging that the vice president will be here. And there's probably nobody... I, I'm, I'm, I really, I think he's a phenomenal spokesman for the conservative principles, and I think, oh, it, I think, I think it'd be a great, a great event to help with your campaign. Well, you know, this is the thing. He had to look at, the, he looked at this race. I mean, no, the vice president does not go anywhere unless <laughs> it's, it's, it's a value, you know, to the Republican Party and to these midterm elections. And he looked at this race, and we had to make an aggressive case of why we believe that we, we are going to win this race. And so he believed it. And he said, you know what, I'm going to put my hat. You know what I love about the white house. And sometimes I have problems maybe with Congress because it seems like sometimes as Republicans, we don't know how to win, but you know what the white house, obviously the president of the United States knows how to win. And when he, when they looked at this race, they said, look, this is, this is a seat that we can grab from the Democrats and we're going to invest in it. And they sent the vice president. Yeah, that's great. That is phenomenal. So how is it going uh, on, in, on, in the field, on the ground where you are? What, what has been the reaction? Have you had a conversation with people who would vote McEachin and now are coming to you? Absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you what the biggest, the biggest swing that I've seen on the grassroots has been the Kavanaugh nomination. I mean, this, this wow. is going to have a huge effect in the midterm elections. The, the independents and Democrats, too, are very upset with, with what the Democratic Party, the hit job that they tried to do on uh, Brett Kavanaugh. And I've heard it countless, countless times from independents and Democrats that say, wow. I'm disgusted with the Democrats. I'm not voting for them and I'm voting for you. To me, that is the biggest, the biggest wow. change, the biggest mobilizer, not only of the base. Now, we know it's mobilized the base, but I'm telling you, it's mobilizing independents. And Democrats who are saying, I've had enough of this. I'm not, I'm not throwing my hat in with the Democrats anymore until they get their house in order. Wow. And, and so that, to me, that is the biggest result uh, of, uh, on the ground game, what I've heard since uh, the nomination of Kavanaugh. Now, uh, yesterday I was on the ground. I was in Waverly and Wakefield. We did a little tour through there at Virginia Diner and some of the businesses over yeah, there. Yeah. We went to uh, a barbecue. Um, and then I, I did a Dinwiddie Farm Bureau event last night, and people know that the vice president is coming. They're like, hey, I hear the vice president coming. So the word is getting out. That's awesome. Like you said, I mean, really, my name recognition, I'm the only one with signs up anywhere in the district as far as big signs. It's amazing to me uh, that Donald McEachin is just mailing it in completely, thinks that he's got it in the bag. And I'm telling you, well, they, the Bible they do. said, a, a pride, com pride comes before, before the fall, fall yeah. and he's very complacent. And I'll tell you what, I believe we're going to take it from him. Uh, I, I could not be happier. That'd be unbelievable. But when you do look at the state, nobody has your, your district in the, in, in the red box. It's all solidly blue. And, and nobody seems to think this thing is uh, that close. So I think the fact that the vice president's showing up and what you're seeing on the ground is encouraging. Uh, I just hope this blue wave is a, is a puddle and there is a red wave that, that sweeps in and, and takes out the puddle. <laughs> Well, this is the thing. I mean, we've tried to get, I'll tell you the truth. It costs eight to $20,000 to get a, a decent, a, a good poll. And so people have not wanted to invest their money, whether we've asked CNU to do it, they do polls. You know, we've asked UVA, we've asked Hampton university and they've just been like, you know what, we're going to do a poll in the second or the seventh or wherever. And so no one has been willing to invest in the poll. So they're just sitting back on 2016 numbers and demographics, but they, but a lot of people 
except for, you know, the vice president in the White House, they don't really know what's going on on the ground because it's totally been under the radar. And so we've, we're completely sneaking up on him. And you know what? I don't mind being the underdog and being under the radar and be able to just work our game and our strategy and to just, just take it from him without anybody even expecting it. That's, yeah. that's fine with me. Me too. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, look, uh, thanks for joining us here. Uh, congratulations on getting the vice president. And it looks like it's going to be a good weekend for you. And we're excited about this campaign. So good, good to see you, Ryan. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it so much. Thanks yeah. for having me on. And come on out, guys. Check it out on Facebook, Ryan McAdams for Congress. Or you can go to our website, RyanMcAdamsForCongress.com. And all the information's there. Uh, come out. It's going to be a great rally. Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks, Ryan. Good to talk to you. That is uh, Ryan McAdams for Congress in the District 4. Make sure you get out and vote for him. All right, your phone call's next, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 92.7 FM. Making radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers. All right, coming up on the radio program, me, Scott Lee, by myself, as Richard Lee is in the hospital. Could we cover your prayers for him? Is the uh, the school system? Richmond City Schools wants uh, to raise your taxes, and Midlothian School wants to ban Christmas songs. I know all that is about making your kids smarter. Really, we'll share that with you. And diversity—is it making us stronger? I'm not so sure. Of course, what is diversity? We'll explain that too. All that coming up. Lee Brothers, eight twenty WNTW, ninety-two point seven FM. I just might. No, I, I just might change my mind on it. I mean, if that's a threat, I just might change my mind on climate change. It, it appears that beer is now threatened by it. If that's true, oh no. Better fix that one. Does diversity make us stronger? What does that even mean? Tim Kaine thinks it does. We'll share that with you this hour. And... Midlothian High School, ban- or a Midlothian School, it's not a high school, it's a, mid- it's a middle, I think it's Robius Middle, bans Christmas songs. That's next. Virginia Citizens and American Patriots. Radio, as the Founding Fathers intended, they wouldn't ban Christmas songs. No, they wouldn't. The Lee Brothers, my name is Scott Lee. Richard Lee is not here. I am the, uh, it's no longer the two-headed talk show today, it's just the it's just me, Scott Lee. Richard is in the hospital. In fact, I just found out he's in, been moved to ICU. So things are, um, are, are, are important that you pray for him at this moment. Um, we're a little concerned about... It, last night he went in with some internal bleeding. So Richard Lee is uh, in the hospital. Our hope is that uh, he improves greatly and quickly. Uh, we still are told that things are okay. So that's kind of where we are with him. And, um, and so it's... Uh, you know, it's tough doing the show, looking across the table and not seeing him. It's a, it's not fun. Miss him greatly, and I know you do too. So pray for Richard as he is um, uh, recovering and, and trying to uh, push through this this little hiccup that he's, he's had enough of him this year. You know, the thing about Richard, though, is <laughs> the guy is unbelievable. Um, there, there's, there's nothing to worry about. I mean, I talked to him a couple hours ago. He's like, hey, man. I'm like, what do you mean, hey, man? I mean, what do you mean, like, everything's fine? Like, dude. You're in the hospital. Give me an update here. Oh, don't worry about that. We're all good. Well, what's all that noise in the background? Is they, yeah, they're hooking me up to all this. Stuff. I'm like, Richard, <laughs> go, man. Take care of this thing. Call me later. Okay, I'll do that. I mean, he's just, it's unbelievable. The guy's just spirits are, are incredible. He, you cannot hold a man down. 
You can't hold him. Now, me, on the other hand, I'd be curled up in the fetal position crying like a baby. Him, not so much. He's just a, a, unbelievable. All right, coming up in the program, uh, Tim Kaine has a new commercial. It's Spanish. And he talks about how great diversity is. I want to I ask your opinion on this. Does diversity really make us stronger? I mean, here's another way to word it. Does the color of someone's skin make us stronger? That's what this is all about, right? I mean, diversity of thought could help, but that's not what this is about. That's not what Tim Kaine is about. I think it divides us. It balkanizes us. It makes the country less united. It is a disaster. It's not stronger. I think we could say, forget hyphenated people. Aren't we all Americans? Let's unite around that. That's coming up. But first, I, I can't believe this happened this week, and this has been all over the news. Uh, it made national news too. Midlothian, Virginia. Dateline. A Chesterfield parent's concerned after he told students would not be singing any Christmas songs with the word Jesus in them in upcoming concerts. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. <laughs> exactly. But you can't... Okay, so here's what we've done. They've changed it to a winter concert. So let me just get this straight. We're supposed to celebrate winter holiday, not mentioning Christmas, and we're supposed to have Christmas songs without mentioning Christ in them. Why we really celebrate Christmas? By the way, I love... Turn this up. This is phenomenal. Yeah, who doesn't like Christmas, right? This is Mannheim Steamrollers. Uh, which one is this, by the way? This is Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for what? You can't have a Hallelujah song. Shut it off. Can't have it. Nope. If this is Robius Middle, you can't even have that. It has the word Hallelujah. Well, why would there be a Hallelujah, Scott? Well, because Christ's birth and came to. No, there's none of that, don't you see? It's a winter holiday. December 25th, I think, still says Christmas on the calendar. I think it does. Robius Middle School in Chesterfield notified parents that upcoming event would do away with Christmas songs containing the word Jesus as a means to promote, get this, diversity. Really? So you're going to promote diversity by taking away diversity? I mean, why wouldn't you word it this way? Robius Middle School has decided to promote diversity by allowing Jesus in its Christmas songs this year. Isn't that as fair as anything else? The letter explained that the decision was made on part of an effort to be more sensitive. Oh, so if you sing a Christmas song that has Jesus in it, you're being unsensitive? Show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. <laughs> exactly. This is ridiculous. Who's running these bureaucracies, these, these little indoctrination centers we call public schools? Who's making these decisions? I just want to go on record to state, that Jesus isn't a threat. Satan's a threat, but not Jesus. Okay? Jesus isn't a... No one is, is hurt by singing a Christmas song about Christ any more than anyone's hurt about having Christmas on the calendar or a culture that's called America celebrating the birth of Christ. Nobody is hurt by it. There's zero insensitivity. So... This middle school called Robius Middle in Midlothian, stop. Just stop. They want to be more sensitive toward increasingly diverse population within the school student body. Has anyone really asked the offended in the room why they're offended? Why would a more diverse 
population mean that we have to change our culture? If we went to a distinctive Islamic culture and said, I'm offended by Muhammad, how would that work? Oh, but Scott, we're so different here in our culture. We are in our country. We have, we want to reach out to all people. They don't want to. No, it's their culture. We have a distinct Judeo-Christian culture in America. In fact, it is the foundation of our country. Now, many people don't like this. This is too harsh, too strong, too bad. We don't like that. We can't have this. If we took away the Judeo-Christian foundation of our laws and our land, it wouldn't be America. Rovius Middle School, for the sake of diversity, would be willing to walk away from it. There was an email exchange between one parent and the choir teacher, who I guess made this decision all on their own. I, I don't know that the school board or the school district did this. Robius administration, do they think they have any idea that the birthday is celebrated on Christmas is on December 20th? I mean, that, I, I'm, I'm amazed at this. So apparently a winter concert featuring generic winter songs just prior to a school break right around December 25th of December, and we're all just going to pretend we don't know why we're celebrating. <laughs> don't tell anyone. It's a secret. Why we're, it's just these people. I just don't understand the rationale of the left in Robius Middle. I mean, I'm sure there are people listening to this program, 454-1366, that send their kid to Robius Middle. Are you happy with us? I just found out this week that there's another school in Midlothian that's changing some things. Now, I'm trying to verify this, but Cosby High School in Midlothian has a spirit week coming up next week. And for as long as I can, I've been told that Monday of Spirit Week is America Spirit. Red, white, and blue, baby. All about America. And why not? I mean, it's a Cosby High School, last I checked, is in America. Why wouldn't you do that? I love the idea. They changed it this year. It's no longer that. Now Monday is not about America. They've changed it. It is now called Meme Monday. Meme Monday. Meme. How, how politically correct of us. How, how pop culture of us to have Meme Monday at Cosby High School now instead of America Monday. Now, I don't know why they changed America Monday. Although Twitter was lit up this week about why they think. They think Cosby High School changed America Monday because someone came in with a Trump shirt who happens to be the president of the United States on America Monday and it offended some people. You know, the professionally offended. What's going on in our Midlothian schools? That really happened at Cosby? Is this really going on at Robius Middle? How humiliating. Is it time we move out of the Commonwealth of Virginia? <laughs> Jefferson would go crazy. All right, your phone call's next. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 92.7 FM. Our version of the Federalist Papers. Without all that reading, it's the Lee Brothers. Striking a pose, smiling in photos without any reason with people that I'll ever know. I'm out of control. The threat. The threat to our children in the Robius Middle School. It's Christmas. 
You know, someone might hear the word Jesus, and that's a threat. By the way, next week is Gay Pride Week, so we're fine with that. <laughs> or whatever it is. I don't know if it's next week. I guarantee Robius Middle is perfectly fine with the whole gay lifestyle, gay pride stuff, indoctrinate that, but because nobody's offended by that. <laughs> and by the way, if you're offended by that, you're just a bigot and a homophobe. But if you're offended by Jesus, we'll change everything. We'll whitewash it right off the map. So Robius Middle School says, gosh, we can't do this. We, we can't have, the biggest threat to mankind is, the biggest problem in our schools is that some kid might hear the word Jesus. And of course, that's the biggest threat right now for liberalism. This, this idea that it's not in the Constitution, separation of church and states, not there, doesn't exist. Jefferson probably understood the Constitution better than you leftists, and he used money, taxpayer money, to fund missionaries for the Indians. So don't give me this separation of church and state crap. It's not in there. Robius Middle School just doesn't want to offend anyone. Well, they don't want to offend certain people. They're perfectly fine with offending Christians. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I mean, we, we like offending people. It's just those certain people we want to offend. And if you complain about the gay pride week or the gay straight alliance group inside the public schools, then I'm sorry, you're just going to be offended. But if you're offended by Christianity, then we'll wipe it off the planet. So you're not offended anymore. This is the train of thought of the left. Now, I don't know what's going on at Rowley's Middle School. I'm sure under good intentions. Remember who the tolerant are here. The self-professed tolerant are those who want to make everyone feel good when they're the ones that are probably the most intolerant. Tolerance would say, what's wrong with Jesus in a Christmas song? It's about Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's tolerance. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Thank you, sir. And Richmond City Schools, you're no different. Look what's going on at Richmond right now. Jason Cameras is proposing an increase to the Richmond property tax for schools. They're one of the highest tax everything Richmond is. Meals tax, highest meals tax in the area. One of the highest in the region property tax already. By the way, Jason Cameras, the superintendent for Richmond Public Schools, makes $250,000 a year. And the schools are in shambles. Home assessments are already going skyrocketing. Jason Cameron says, I recognize that raising property taxes might not might be the least popular thing as an elected official to do. And I recognize it means less hard-earned people's money in the pockets, but I'm asking the council and the city to support this nonetheless. By the way, just let me go on record to state that raising taxes is the easiest thing to do. It is the most gutless of things to do for a politician. It's simple. The hard thing is actually making tough decisions with the current tax money you have. Either cutting spending here. That's the hard work. The easy work is, I got an idea. Let's just tax them more. That's simple. It's not hard. It's easy. I must tell you, there's someone on this committee I really like. The council president, Hilbert. Listen to what this guy said. I appreciate that the superintendent who makes $250,000 is looking for additional revenues. I'm kidding. I added the two hundred fifty. Let me start over, to be fair, to Hilbert. Quote, I appreciate that the superintendent is looking for additional revenue sources. Additional money can't hurt, but additional money is not the reason we have the highest dropout rate in the state. 
Exactly. Boy, did he go off reservation. He missed the talking point. Money isn't it? You got to be kidding me. You mean money doesn't? Of course not. It's not about money. It's a bigger issue than that in the city. Now, what's interesting about what's going on in the city, did you see this? Richmond parents are pushing for a charter middle school. Richmond parents are going, stop the insanity of forcing us into these ridiculous, horrible conditions in this public school. We should have freedom to choose a school we want to. And they're asking the city for it. Richmond parents are saying, give me a choice. Give me a charter school, which is exactly what freedom is. The biggest civil rights battle in our era is the school's. The fact that you are restricted and can only go to the school in your district is un-American. Crack the system. Bust it up. Give parents choice. You can go to any school you want. Here's a voucher. Go. You imagine the choices that would happen inside of Richmond that would cost the school district nothing? Imagine the free market working in Richmond City schools. Imagine schools popping up in Richmond going, Send your kid here for the best education possible. Oh, no, we can't have that. That's called freedom. These bureaucrats, these educrats, these indoctrination centers we call public schools in Richmond, you can't have them parents opting for other options. They might take it. (laughs) Then what? Oh, the humanity. Good for you, parents. Demand choice. Demand a charter school for your kid's sake. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 92.7 FM. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. 454 Scott Lee. By himself, Richard Lee's in the hospital. Cover your prayers. Research published this week predicted that beer prices could double as increasing global temperatures and more volatile weather causes shortages of barley. Holy, if this is right, I, uh, what can government do? If everybody's raising living standards <laughs> to the point where everybody's got a car and everybody's got air conditioning have no and beer. everybody's got a big house, uh, well, the planet will boil over. And we have no beer. If those two things happen, Obama's right. And, and Benjamin Franklin said, beer is proof that God loves you. And if we're going to have beer skyrocketing, then you know what? I'm done with my SUV. Take it. Get rid of all the cars. Of course, the truth is America isn't the problem with the planet, is it? America is the cleanest country on the planet Earth and maybe all Earth. Who knows? Capitalism and freedom were the cleanest. I love how the left goes, we've got to cut us back. Go to China, man. Argue with them. Go over to Africa where the dirtiest rivers in the world are. Go over to Europe. Argue with those people. They're the ones that are going to make my beer expensive. They didn't go over there. And by the way, I'm all for that because if my beer goes up, what's it say here? Double? I can't, I can't play double for a beer. That's insane. It's just, it's just hops and barley. All right, I'm in. Go over there, institute new government regulations and all, all the communist countries can do that. Meanwhile, we're the cleanest. Our beer should maintain its very low, artificially low prices for the cause of freedom and liberty. All right, coming up, diversity. Has it made us stronger? 
Tim Kaine has a great commercial. It's phenomenal. Of course, we know, you don't know what it says because it's in Spanish, but it's all about diversity because, see, that is what has made us great. Not freedom, not our constitution, not our founding father principles, the Judeo-Christian heritage that our rights come from God instead of a government. No, diversity is what made us great. What a pile. And I'll explain why. All that dead ahead and your phone calls. 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 92.7 FM. Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. The Lee Brothers, just after 534 in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia. My name's Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother sitting to my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee. And, of course, he's not here today. He's in, uh, in the hospital, was admitted last night. We covet your prayers as he is in, uh, in a recovery mode. Hopefully, he'll be out this weekend and, and, and join uh, my harassing, as he always does. Uh, what, a, what an incredible guy. I mean, he's, he's uh, giddy in the ho- I talked to him today, and he's all giddy. And I'm like, what's all the noise in the background? He goes, well, these doctors are hooking me up to these things. I'm like, Richard, go deal with that. Call me later. All right, man, I'll, be, I'll talk to you later. Like, how could you be that excited about life? That's all. It's great. Uh, it, it wouldn't have it any other way. All right. Uh, your phone calls, 454-1366, 454-1366 on diversity. Kane has a new ad out, Tim Kane, that is, in case you don't know. Uh, new Spanish uh, language TV ad. And he says, our diversity makes us stronger. Here, here's, a, uh, here's a clip of it. Todos tengamos oportunidades porque... Yeah, see? Isn't that good? Wow. 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 <laughs> yeah, right. Stick with English, Tim. Anyway, here's the... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to play the back end of it here, and, uh, and then you try to make sense of it. Todos tengamos oportunidades porque todos somos Virginia. Porque todos somos Virginia. Virginia. Somos Virginia. Somos Virginia. Yo soy Tim Kaine, candidato al Senado, y apruebo este mensaje. Les pido su voto el 6 de noviembre. Okay, that works. Of course, no one knows what it says. or what. Here's what it says. I've got a, actually a transcript of it. I am Virginia. This is Virginia. We are Virginia. Diversity strengthens our workforce. Tim Kaine embraces our diversity. Hmm? He goes, we will, he will fight for all of us because we are all Virginia. That's one transcript of it. I think the other one goes on to say that he had two ads. I played only one of them. The other one says, there are those who attack our diversity, but I embrace it. Who's attacking it? Who's attacking diversity? Who would have the nerve to attack diversity? How dare you? What does that even mean? Our diversity makes us stronger and it creates more jobs. Does it? Can someone explain to me how? Let me reword this. Our skin color makes us stronger and creates more jobs. Does that make any sense? I mean, is that not what it means? Our diversity makes us strong. I don't know. I don't know that it does. I would love for someone to call and explain to me how this makes us stronger. 454-1366. I love what there was an interview or a speech in Imprimus from Hillsdale. 
Here's what they said in it. Our progressive politicians and opinion leaders proclaim their commitment to diversity almost daily, chanting this refrain, diversity is our strength. But how does diversity strengthen us? Is it a force for unity and cohesiveness? It's a great question. Does it promote the common good? Is it a source of division or contention? Or does it promote racial and ethnic division and tribalism and prevent us from and prevent the rest of the world from making constitutional government a success? I would suggest to you that it does nothing but divide us. Tim Kaine in this commercial in Spanish isn't uniting us. He's dividing us. During the Ted Cruz Beto O'Rourke debate, here's how Beto opened up. For hosting us, the people of San Antonio for being here, and the people of Texas for watching this and participating in one of the most important decisions of our lifetimes. Es un honor estar aquí con ustedes otra vez aquí en, en San Antonio. Man, he just kind of broke out into, did he even pause there? I mean, was there even a breath? I mean, he just kept right on going. Decisions of our lifetimes. Es un honor estar aquí con ustedes How do you do otra that? vez aquí en, en San Antonio. Is that uniting us? Do we have a common language? How does diversity make us great? In the Primus magazine, it said greater diversity means inevitably that we will have less in common. True. And the more we encourage diversity, the less we honor the common good. Diversity, of course, we know this, marches under the banner of tolerance, but it's really a bastion of intolerance. It enforces the ideological liberalism that an iron fist that is driven by political correctness. This, this chasing down of diversity has got to, it's got to end. Does diversity make us stronger? I don't know how. Can I, is, there, is there something wrong with diversity? Could, could I, no, it's fine. Yeah, Mark, go ahead. So I uh, wouldn't want to, you know, yes, do a agree with Tim Kaine thing, but there is some. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> there is some strength that comes from diversity. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians twelve seventeen, if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? Mm. If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? So, you know, people have different strengths and and also weaknesses but together uh you know when put together it can be stronger you think that's what tim kane's talking about here well i don't know what he's talking about <laughs> well no one does <laughs> but thank you no tim kane's not talking about the differences in people in our country and how those can he's actually talking about the color of someone's skin and i would suggest to you that our country is not based on someone's color of their skin. You're not an American based on the color of your skin. You're not. I mean, and, and that's not how we should judge people by the color of their skin. And that's what Tim Kaine and Beto, Beto is, is doing in his, in his debate. They're, that's trying to divide us. It's not taking the greatness of people and, and focusing on the common good of America as the reference that you made, Mark. This is this is legitimate um, talking point for the left that does nothing but divide us. It divides us. It doesn't unite us. And quite frankly, I'm tired of that kind of stuff. I, I, I'm sick of identity politics. And Tim Kaine's the master of it. Tim Kaine appeals to women because of their difference and because they, they have different issues. Apparently, Hispanics have different issues. But unfor- but interesting enough, in the very ad he ran, 
he says at the end of it, let's see if I can pull out the English version of it here. Um, access to health care, fight for education. These are things for, aren't they for everyone? Doesn't everyone want health care? Doesn't everyone want education and jobs? So why are we doing it in Spanish? Why are we pointing out the Hispanics to have a different set of policies? What's a Hispanic policy? What's a woman policy? What's a black policy? You're telling me that a politician should go to different groups of people based on diversity and have a different message? So blacks have an uh, issue they want that's different than me? I, I would suggest to you that all people, regardless of skin color and diversity and all that stuff, have a common goal of freedom. That would be my suggestion. If I was a politician, I wouldn't say, well, let me go talk to the people who talk Spanish. Let me go talk to the Hispanics because they have a different concern than the white guys over there across the street. They do? That inherently in itself, to me, is racist. I think Tim Kaine looks at people in different groups. He doesn't see them as, as, as mono-American and everyone American. He sees them in, in their different little boxes. Oh, those are women over there. Oh, those are the evil white men. And then over here, we have blacks and we have Hispanics and we have Asians. And we have a whole group of political elite that think that way. That's not uniting. That's dividing. When the VCU Michael Rao president stands up in front of an audience at the graduation ceremony and says, congratulations, you just graduated from the diverse universities in the country, and that's by design. That is inherently, in my opinion, racist. I you, believe that college classes should look like society. <laughs> exactly. And how, Tim Kaine, does that happen? You get to go around with your big government uh, stick or big government hammer and pound all these people in this little classroom based upon what you think they look like? And that's freedom? That's America? That's Virginia? No, that's an elite who sits in a far-off land as a king looking down on the peasants of the world and saying, this is the way you should look. And we should embrace that? That seems out of bounds to me. Michael Rao at VCU put people in his university based on the color of their skin. And we're supposed to applaud that? Tim Kaine appeals to different people based upon their identity and groups. And we're supposed to applaud that? And call it diversity? And go, yeah. The biggest dividers in our country, I hate to tell you, it's not Trump. It's Democrats. Look how they treat people of minority status. You can't do it on your own. You need me. You need this big white guy in office up there to take care of you. You see, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the white people. I'm going to tax them. And then I'm going to take that money. I'm going to distribute it all out there. And you're going to thank me for it. That is, in fact, servitude. What the Democrats are preaching is them as a king and you as a peasant. Please see it for what it is. Your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820, WNTW 92.7 FM. Don't make stuff up and don't pretend. Rule two, no make-believe things like, uh, oh, pink dragons and stuff. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers.
There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. He was the best. <laughs> it's all about fun here. No, you thought it was about hard-hitting politics? Heck no. Actually, we don't even believe any of those things we talk about. <laughs> yes, we do. The Lee brothers, my name is Scott Lee. Richard is in the hospital. We covet your prayers for him. He has uh, had an incredible year, uh, pancreatic cancer survivor. And he's just got a lot of a lot of things going on in his life, so he couldn't make it here today. He'll be out uh, this weekend, and then in full recovery, and here to bug me again next week, as he always does. Or actually, I think I bug him, but either way, it's uh, uh, we we covet your prayers. Hey, something happening this weekend: Local Hero Appreciation Day. By the way, I'm a huge fan of heroes. Huge fan, like heroes and heroines. Are they all heroes now? I guess in the politically correct culture, they're all heroes, Scott. But Local Hero Appreciation Day is going on uh, this Saturday to help me talk about that. It's the co-owner of Side Street Gallery, Henry Kidd. Hey, Henry. Hey, how are you? Good. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, I'm glad to. All right, so talk to me about uh, what's going on this weekend and how uh, our listeners can participate. Well, at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning is when the event opens up. We're blocking off the streets for uh, Pickwick Avenue. Uh, the police are going to be here with their latest equipment and their canine dog, and the fire department's going to be here as well, and the uh, EMTs. Uh, and uh, this is uh, just a nice, wonderful, friendly setting for you to come out and say thank you to a firefighter or a policeman. Uh, you know, you don't have, most times we see a policeman, we're usually sitting on the side of the road with this strange blue light flashing in our eyes. Well, but, in my uh, rearview mirror, you mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> these guys do far more than Pull me over. like pulling tickets. <laughs> no, I understand they do. Phenomenal. Going calls all the time, you know, domestic calls where they're, they're most violent. Uh, and these guys literally do put their lives on the line for our safety uh, and our health and our well-being. And this is a great time for the community to come out and say thank you. These guys are heroes. They don't like to be called heroes, but, yeah, they are. Right. You, know, you look around the country and how many have died in the line of duties there, and there's no different to uh, our local police and fire. They're the exact same as anybody else around the country. Couldn't agree more. Given the... But we're also having a fundraising auction for them where 100% of the proceeds will uh, be split between the fire and police here in Colonia Heights. Uh, We're having that from 11 o'clock to 1245. We're having a silent auction. Uh, we've got lots of goodies here on silent auction, everything from wine to uh, artwork to uh, Starbucks coffee makers uh, oh. and lots of different restaurants have given um, dinners for two. Uh, and then go. at one o'clock, uh, we're going to have our live auction and we've got some really dynamite items for a live auction. I mean, we've got little outboard motors, trolling motors. Really? We've got a, Wow. Uh, power power washer. Uh, we've got uh, I need one. Uh, I do. I need sand. One. I've got five miles of sand here in a shadow box with a picture from the Normandy D-Day landings, and there's sand from each and every one of the beaches in Normandy. Wow. Uh, and uh, I know it comes from them because I collected it myself. 
Huh. I'm a big history fan, uh, World War II and Civil War especially. But we got Civil War relics. Uh, there's a German helmet that was found in the Normandy area. Uh, we have uh, a lot of artwork. Ivan Perkinson is a, another local artist that's uh, pretty well known. Does a lot of stuff in the area. Uh, and all this is at Colonial Heights. Yeah, and got a flag that flew over the Capitol that was uh, donated to us by uh, Speaker of the House, Kirk Cox. we got antique Colonial Heights license plates. How many people are you uh, expecting at this, Henry? I wish I knew. I wish I had an idea, but we're just trying to reach as many people as we can to get them to come out and uh, support the fire and police. And, and this is just a small way. They now, this is just, is this just a bargain. Is this is just Colonial Heights uh, yeah. police and fire, or is it surrounding Cheshville County? Or no, it is, it is, right now, it is just Colonial Heights. This is the first year we've tried to do anything like this, and uh, okay. we want to start Good. it small right now. Uh, it could expand next year. I don't know yet. Right. No, no. It's a. It sounds like a phenomenal event, especially some of the the uh, the live auction items, which are you know power washer and well we've got two artists and i'm one of them uh that uh you're an artist we're actually donating our uh i mean auctioning off our time and talents um got i do it. portrait work wow and so i'm auctioning off a portrait of up to two people so and very oh. few people own my original artwork very cool well good so henry um this is a local hero appreciation day at colonial heights and that's where yes. pickwick avenue is that what, is that right pickwick avenue yes uh, i think most people know the boulevard in colonial heights yep. uh we're one block off the boulevard if they're heading south on the boulevard towards petersburg they'll pass a or not pass but they'll come up to a stoplight where their cvs is you take a left right there you'll come straight into us great that's perfect that starts at 11 a.m tomorrow Yes. Good. Thanks, Henry. Good talking to you. Good luck with this. Uh, thank you a lot. You Bye-bye. bet. Thank you. That's Henry Kidd. He's a co-owner of Side Street Gallery. Check him out at Local Hero Appreciation Day in Colonial Heights tomorrow, 11 a.m. A truly great American, as Richard would say. Are right, your phone calls next? 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. And that's a wrap. And Richard's not here to tell us what kind of wrap. I'm sure that's exactly what he's thinking about in the hospital, what he'd be eating. This doesn't surprise me. That's, that's, that's what Richard, Richard does, so we don't know what kind of rap it is. We'll have to wait till next week to find out. Richard's in the hospital. Continue to pray for him as he is um, he's recovering, and um, he'll be back here next week. I have no doubt about that. He's a super – he's my hero. You talk about Hero Appreciation Day? How about Richard? He's a phenomenal hero. All right, check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com, government-run health care. Great video there with this Abigail Spanberger. Always talking about how brats taking away health care. It's the con foisted upon mankind. It's not accurate. But check out what happens when government gets a hold of your health care at 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Also, the mob mentality. This video that is found there is a, is a radical view of what's happening on the left right now. And if you think these people aren't insane, check out this video at 820theanswer.com. There will also archive our shows for your listening pleasure. You can listen 24-7. In fact, you can go back and listen. You can rewind and listen, fast forward. There's actually a speed one. If you hit the speed one, you can hear my voice real funny and just goes real fast. You could listen to three hours and like 26 minutes. It's like, well, not that quick. It'd take a while to 
26 minutes, you just, it's not, it's too fast. You know, there's a certain level. It's like 1.5 is like the perfect fast forward speed. When my voice starts, I'm talking like this, but you can at least understand what I'm saying. That is kind of what, kind of what it's like. 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. All right, coming up, cut to the chase, which is like a play on words because it's Amanda Chase. If you didn't know that, that's next. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 92.7 FM. It's a miracle we're not speaking British right now. My friends, we did it. We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer. And we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad. Not bad at all. And so, bye. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America.